Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns, and enjoy this shit show. Once again, to Bread and Circuses podcast, I am your host Rooster with your other host Crow. No comprehende. I said it in plain English. Oh, you did? Yeah. Comprehende. So I got a quiz for you. I know you love it when I start these things with quizzes. Sure. Name one product you buy, okay, that you don't know what it costs before you buy it, and you don't know what it costs after you buy it. Um, hooker sex. No, no? They, they tell you up front. Okay. And they, and they get the money up front, too. Uh, I'm just pretending I don't know. Sure you are. <laughs> I know where you're getting at. Yeah. So, yeah. Healthcare. Yeah. I'm yeah. really sick of this stuff. Yeah. I'm, no pun intended, sick of it. <laughs> so my company, which provides healthcare for my employees, they can opt in or opt out. And in fairness, not all of them are full-time, so some of them don't take it. So we probably cut, we have probably have about 300 employees and cover maybe 15 to 20% of them. I just found out we're getting dropped by Blue Cross Blue Shield because we don't do enough business with them. So there's, on the ACA, because of our wonderful Obamacare, you have to provide, there's like three levels of plan. You have to provide the minimum level at least 50%. So we went up a tier and provided 75%. Okay? So we're above and beyond what we should be, what we are required to do. And they still are dumping us. You know why? Can't make enough money off of us. Well, I don't get... They can take a plan... They'll, they'll do plans for individuals, Blue Cross. Right. So I don't get how they can how they can drop an actual business with a bunch of individuals in it because there's pre-existing conditions in there right. and the cost has been driven up so high by having to take people with pre-existing conditions that it drives up the cost for everybody so they'll look at your pool and say you have 50 people in this pool but three of them are diabetic um so we can't we can't give everybody the same coverage so they basically level it out to say we won't lose our money on these because again let's keep in mind what health insurance is it's insurance. It's right. a bet that a company is making that you won't get sick, and if you do get sick, it will cost them less than you've been paying them. That's all it is. It's not health insurance and health care aren't the same yeah, thing. Yeah, they conflate the two all the time when they're talking. About right, because, you know, if that. you don't have health insurance, you die. If you don't have it, you get sick and you die. That's, that's what the left would like you to right. believe. Lack of health insurance is what kills you. Uh, but getting back to the point with our company, so they've got, you know, we have a bunch of people with pre-existing conditions. And so instead of saying, look, we'll cover the people who, and, and we can still pay for them, we'll cover the people who don't have those, and then let's write you another plan for the people who do. They they can't do that now. It's all, nope, we got to write a blanket policy across it so it's a bet against that whole group of people not getting 
health insurance or not getting sick. See what I mean? Um, if you've got a really large company, like you have thousands of employees, the amount they're taking in off the large percentage of people who are healthy and will not have to use it hedges the bet against the people who do have pre-existing conditions. That's why large companies can provide healthcare a little bit easier. But medium-sized companies or small companies, and I can never remember what mine counts as. I think it counts as a medium, which is insane because small is supposed to be like 50 and below. So fine, that, that's neither here nor there. It's really tough when you can't, you can't get a big enough volume of people. You know, but you're you're legally obligated to provide insurance, right? We are legally obligated to provide half of the cover or half of the cost of the lowest plan on the ACA if we have a certain amount of full time equivalents. So we may not have a lot of full time people, but two part time people is a full time equivalent. And again, I'm happy to provide this because it's a competitive advantage for us. Right, but to have the government mandated is bullshit. It always has been. Oh yeah, it is. But you know, we're that ship sailed. I mean, Trump's trying to get it turned around. But again, I hate this idea that that people think that health insurance is health care. Those are two different things. And I'm really tired of hearing people say, "Well, nobody should go bankrupt because they get sick." Okay, nobody should get shot in a school. No one should have a car accident. No one should die of a heart attack at 47. We can't legislate tragedy away. So we can say there's lots of things that should never happen to people, but they do. And so making everybody else pay for the bad things that might happen to others is ridiculous. And it is against the model of insurance what insurance is. You know, it's no it's no different than car insurance. It's it's none of that. And people say, well, it is different because you don't die if you don't have car insurance. You don't die if you don't have health insurance either. Right. You may have a big expense if, if, if you get sick. If you never get sick, it's not a big deal. Well, so I'm... in the meantime, we're making these, you know, 26, 27 to 32-year-olds buy health insurance that they don't want to pay for because they don't believe they're going to get sick. And the government says, no, 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 it's in their best interest. Well, so what? Big fucking deal. You have a right to decide against your own best interests. You know, I'm, I'm all for legalizing drugs. You know, I, I reserve the right to have some caveats in there. But though I don't think drugs are good for you, you have the right to make your own stupid decisions and pay the consequences for them. Yeah, I guess... Uh... I've been worn down on this issue. I I I can keep continually raging at it, like for the last two years, or or they can beat me, which is kind of what they've done at this point. Uh, I've I've I used to pay for my own insurance out of pocket forever before any of the any of this was even a question. I was, um, you know, ten fifteen years ago paying for my health insurance, and it would go up every year, and I'd be like, grit my teeth, and I'd pay it, but it, it wasn't causing me. And I did not make a lot of money. I was, bare, I was barely above the the point where I had to pay taxes when right. I was doing this. I wasn't living the good life, and you still aren't. No, I'm still not. But I I paid it because I thought it was important to have, so I paid it. Um, 
And then I ended up getting, a few years ago, I ended up getting um, a job that provided health insurance. And this was right when Obamacare was starting to get going. And I'm, and I was kind of happy. I was like, oh shit, well, I don't have to deal with this now because I'm getting insurance through my business. So I didn't really have to think about it or be concerned with it, even though it pissed me off that they were doing it. But then, you know, I had that for two years and then I got a new job that didn't provide health insurance. And then I realized how fucking ridiculous it's become to get health insurance now with the exchanges and with the open enrollment periods and all this bullshit that you didn't have to deal with before. Right. And, and it was a straightforward process before that you could figure out. didn't take a fucking rocket science uh, scientist to, to do. And now that seems like you look into it and it's just like uh, you can't do it without help. Almost at this point, like figure it out. You can't if you're healthy. Oh, no, you mean I'm figure talking it about out? figure out what the best, where to go and what the best plan is. And, and you know, it really takes a lot of like sitting down and working through it as opposed to just a straightforward process like it used to be. And that's what really pisses me off about this. Well, I'm so sick and tired of so many of the deceptive things people have said. They, you know, they say uh, the new uh, Republican plan with... Uh, gets rid of health coverage for 30 million people. Well, it does. That's an absolute fact. The thing is, though, those people were covered under Medicaid, Medicare and Medicaid right. and all of that. That's not the, that's not to say they didn't have insurance before. And that's not to say they won't go out and get insurance again. They will, under this particular plan, lose what coverage they had, just like they got this coverage instead of what they had before. It's ridiculous. If you're covered, you should be covered. And here's the really insidious part about Medicare. So Medicare only um, used to reimburse a doctor at about 40 cents on the dollar. The ACA drives it down to like 33 cents a dollar. So if you come in and get $5,000 worth of uh, of Medi- or uh, Medicare coverage for, you know, you're sick or whatever, you break your leg or all that, that hospital, clinic, whatever, healthcare facility is reimbursed 33% of that number. So doctors are not required to take it. So a lot of doctors are opting not to take it. So they're just saying, I don't want it, okay, which sounds terrible because it not leaves these people with these co- with no coverage. But then you get, let's take Minnesota, for example. I think something like 40% of Minnesota's population is right in the Twin Cities area. You know, Hennepin County, Ramsey County, all the main counties right there. That That's great. That's fine for those people because, you know, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, all those United Health Partners, they're there. But in greater Minnesota, outstate Minnesota, those companies have pulled out of there. There's not enough population density for them to want to do that. So the only coverage you have is Medicare. So if that hospital that's within half an hour's drive from you decides, sorry, we're not taking Medicare payments, you're sometimes forced to drive hour, hour and a half to a place that covers you because the government has negotiated this number down on Medicare and Medicaid, which was meant to cover people who were very poor destitute, or, you know, in the case of Medicaid, older, right? you know? It's not meant to be a system that everyone goes on. Single payer doesn't fucking work. And I don't want to hear about goddamn Canada and theirs. They're, they're 30 million people. Right. 
They're 30 million people. That's and, all they are. And you still hear nonstop stories about them, uh, people with uh, medical conditions that would end up dying if they had to wait to get the, the procedure in Canada. They come to America to get it. Well, two real-life examples I have. Stephen Molyneux was one of them. Yeah. Two real-life examples I have. <laughs> Friends of mine, this happened to. Uh, one is a, uh, it's, it's the contrast between the American and Canadian healthcare systems. So one of them's a buddy of mine, post college. They're out on a bunch of the, a bunch of he and his buddies are out making a you know drive out west, and they're camping and stuff along the way. They're in northern Montana. They're camped at um, you know Yosemite or Yellowstone or whatever's out there. They're fucking around one night playing touch football. Two of them collide, head and face, playing touch football. So the one guy opens a big gash over his head. The other guy's got a split lip, like, and they're both bleeding like crazy. So the ranger comes in and he goes, hey, the closest uh, the closest place that can take you, we have to medevac you to. He goes, so we can do that. Or you can drive across the border in the morning, go to the Canadian clinic across the border. Right? <laughs> so they go, shit. I mean, they're, they're 22-year-old former college students. They don't have any money. So they decide to drive across. They get through the border, go across, park in the parking lot of this clinic that opens at 9. They're there at like 7.30 in the morning. Maybe they've been packing towels on themselves since the night before in the hotel room. They get there, no one. No one's there. And they're like, well, did we get the wrong place or whatever? 8.45, a nurse comes and opens it. And he said within 10 minutes, that, that waiting room went from nobody in it to full. And it was just, they took you, they triaged you. I mean, if, you, if your eye was falling out, they took you in. But So they go back there, doctor stitches him up, and they've been pulling their money. They're like, how much is this going to cost? And he's like, 55-something. Uh, they're like, 5,500 bucks. And he goes, no, $55. That's what it cost for the tool. Now, this is mid-80s, late-80s, okay? But it still works relatively the same. So they're happy they leave. Um, another friend of mine who's from Toronto is down in Florida. This is more recently. This is late 90s. And he's got um, this really nasty hangnail that's like swelling up on him. So he's got like an ingrown fingernail or something. Goes into the doctor. Doctor lances it, Florida, right? Fixes it all up. He's out of there. Two stitches and he's done. 1200 bucks. He's like, what the hell? He goes, but... I did get in to see him right away. I said, well, what happens in Canada? He goes, well, you wait. You wait until there's an availability or you go to that clinic right away in the morning. You miss a day of work and, you know, that's what it is. And so I said, well, it seems to me as a Canadian, you would like the Canadian healthcare system more. And he goes, yeah, it's great for routine stuff like that. He goes, but don't get sick in Canada. So what do you mean? He goes, you need your gallbladder removed? He goes, you're going to wait. And I said, why is that? A doctor friend of his does gallbladder surgeries. He gets paid for 21 surgeries a month. That's it. He can do all of his surgeries. The first he can do is 21 surgeries, beginning of the, of the month, and he's done. He can do more, but he doesn't get paid for them. Hmm. So he comes in, does his 21 surgeries, whether it takes him one week, four weeks, one day. I mean, it's not going to take one day, but you know what I mean. And he's done. He has no incentive to do any more than that. 
That seems pretty straightforward how ridiculous that sounds. Well, he, he goes on to tell me it's even worse. He goes, so you have to have a physician. You have to have a primary care physician. Well, these primary care physicians, especially in big areas like Toronto, have a max amount of patients. They're going to take this many because that's the amount they get paid for, right? So you go in and see your physician every six months, and he says they look you over. He said, in his case, not very thoroughly. He just sort of meets with him and says, well, you seem healthy. You take his blood pressure, all that stuff. They don't draw any blood, nothing like that. And again, I'm not saying this is this is an example of how the whole system works. This is what this guy is telling me. So he says he talks to this doctor. Doctor says, yep, you seem fine or whatever. What if that doctor retires? Now you have to get in with another doctor. But the waiting list for all those doctors is long because they only have to take a certain amount of patients. Hell, heaven forbid you move to another town because now you got to find a doctor in another town where you don't have a previous doctor who's retiring who can say, hey, I need you to take on a few patients for me. He goes, you can go quite a while waiting to get waiting to get a doctor. He goes, need to get your wisdom teeth out because they hurt? He goes, you might wait four to six months to get it done. He goes, you'll get it done, and it'll cost you almost nothing, but you're going to be in pain for a little while. And I know people will say, well, you know, that's the case here. Yeah, for people who don't have insurance. And by the way, we had stuff to cover them. You know, wasn't great. It was expensive. But let's face it, life throwing you curveballs and having someone address it is expensive. You wreck your car, it's expensive. You get sick, it's expensive. You go bankrupt, it's expensive. Tragedy costs fucking money. And the idea that the government will pass a law that will make that go away is insane. Well, let's, how much how much in taxes are they paying in Canada to, to do this healthcare too? It's, it's got to be a fairly significant amount. I don't I don't know I don't know what the Canadian yeah, tax it's got, rate it's is. It's got to be decently high. Well, I think a lot of socialist countries and Canada is not really a socialist country. Can Canada just like Sweden and all those? They're not really socialist countries. Um, they have some socialized aspects to them more than we have, but it's, it's crazy that, that, uh, well, Canada, for example, has uh, oil. So it's an oil country with 30 million people, might be 40 million, but I think it's 10% of the population in the United States, 10 fucking percent. And they're, they say, no, you should just use our system. We don't have anywhere near what we have to cover with ours. But well, I still think their tax rate is above, well above fifty percent. I think I'm I'm pessimistic about this, just like I was about the elections. I think they they specifically fucked up the uh, insurance system with Obamacare with their two thousand fucking pages uh, of you know you want to know what's in it, then we have to vote for it, then you'll know what's in it. Kind of bullshit they pulled. No, but you get to keep your doctor. Yeah, and yeah, keep your doctor, keep your whatever coverage. Uh, they all knew that wasn't going to work. They knew it. The ones that uh, that engineered it, because their goal ultimately was single payer, which is government healthcare, and they wanted to fuck up the health insurance uh, thing and, and make it so the companies were became the bad guys. Because, like you said, the companies stay. It's not it's it's not cost effective for us. Look, so, I'm not going there because I'm not. Yeah, that's where I'm, I'm at. I'm not as uh, conspiratorial as you. And keep in mind that when they voted the ACA through, they had. ACA being, for people who don't know Obamacare, um, they uh, they had a supermajority. You couldn't stop it. 
there was so they if they wanted to put a single payer system in, it would have been may not have been very easy, but they could have done it. So I don't think they built this in to make it fall apart. I think they actually thought this would work. And that who was I can't remember his name, that MIT professor who was basically saying, Well, it'll work because you know, he was on the talk show circuit four years ago because everybody was calling him out because he had all these videos that people had posted of him saying, well, here's why it'll sell because the American voter is stupid. Do you remember that guy? Uh, no, I don't. I wish I could remember his name. If anybody has it, email us. Um, but uh, he's, he, I really think they thought it wouldn't work or it would work. But now this proposal that Bernie Sanders put forward, um, it – for the single payer plan that's going to cost $32 trillion. They said, no, 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 it's, it's not getting rid of private health insurance. It absolutely is because in the bill, if you read it, it says it is illegal for any private insurance company to provide coverage that mimics this coverage. So in other words, these plans have to go well above or well below. They can't be in the same strata. And the, so no ACA, competition. the ACA has elements to that. I mean, insurance companies now can't really provide you the same plan you could get through the ACA stuff. I mean, they they are providing it because the government comes in and says, here are the plans that fit. And so they say, okay, we'll put a plan together for that and we'll charge you this much for it. Well, as far as wanting single payer, which I hate, I even hate the term single payer. I, I just want a government-run health care. It's anti-capitalist. Yeah, anti-capitalist, government-run health care. The single payer, it's this more this bullshit of, of using words to obfuscate what you're doing. Um, but I do. there is a great answer for, for, for this that I, that I really like to hear. Ocasio-Cortez, when she was asked, well, how would, how would, you, how would you pay for this? She goes, you just pay it. Yeah, you just that was a it. great fucking answer. Uh, I actually have solutions. <clears throat> would you like to hear what that Sure. I say we go back to the system we had before where people were allowed to get their own get their own health care. We take the what turns out to be about 3 million people who have pre-existing conditions and no affordable coverage, and we get them on a government plan. Instead of fucking up everybody's stuff, Right. we, we cover these people. And it, it might be 10 million. The number's like between 3 and 10 million. And then... On top of that, we go to, um, you know, like if you have an IRA now and you save a certain amount of money, um, if you have a, uh, you can save up to, I think it's, I think it's $5,500 now a year in a traditional IRA plan and deduct it. So if you say, hey, this year I, I contributed to my IRA, my traditional IRA, not a Roth, I put 5,500 bucks in, you get to deduct that right off your taxes. Right? In other words, it's a government incentive for saving. Do that with health insurance uh, savings plans. Well, yeah, they, don't they have those savings accounts? Right. So let somebody have a health insurance savings account that says, when I put money in there, if I put $10,000 in my health insurance savings account, up to $10,000, you'll let people deduct that. And then the deductions they take, and this is where it gets a little crazy, you never get to deduct the full value of that because it washes out with your percentages and tax. You know, you might get to, yes, you put your $5,500 in, but you might only get to deduct 3,700 of it when your taxes all wash out. Let companies deduct 100% of the amount they put into healthcare coverage. So if a company comes out and says, 
we have our employees covered to the tune of $100 million. Let that company deduct it. It can be the same for individuals. It can be the same for credit unions. It can be the same for unions in general. It can be the same for anything. But they won't do that because government likes your money. They right. don't want to. They don't want to cut their tax revenue. Right. The simple fixes. And we've said this before. So simple fixes were to treat it more like an actual product, which is open it up to across state lines to sell all that kind of good stuff. That's another thing. And people say, well, no. I've heard this argument before. They say you can buy. If you're in Florida, you can buy insurance from a company in Minnesota. Yeah, you can, but it's so divided up by lobbyists that yes. Certain companies can write certain plans in certain areas, but it costs them more to write in that state than opposed to this other state they're supposed to. It's ridiculous. There's no reason right. to do that. It shouldn't be allowed. You should be able to just buy from whomever you want. It's, it's absolutely stupid. And it's got to stop covering stuff. Like, you know, you go in and get, well, I'm going to go off and tangent here. Dental insurance is a fucking scam. Don't get dental insurance. Ever. It never covers more than 50% of what you're doing. It takes 12 to 18 months to kick in anything that was pre-existing when you had it. So in other words, if you had a cavity or something and your dental insurance kicks in afterwards, even if you've been paying for it, they can say, no, 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 that was pre-existing. We're not going to cover that. It's stupid. Just pay cash for your damn dental work because you can only have so many cavities and root canals. And if you take that, if you take the... I have to have, I have to, because my kids under the ACA have to be covered by prenatal dental insurance. I have to pay 75 bucks a month for them. Why? You know what it gives me? It gives me two free free, uh, dental visits per year per kid. Yeah, big fucking deal. It's not free. You're paying that insurance for it. You know how much those cost? Under 100 bucks probably. Under 100 bucks. Yeah. So I have to pay 75 bucks a month to be covered for 400 bucks for stuff that even if they have something happen, I got to pay 50% of anyway. Right. It's fucking bullshit. Do the goddamn math and brush your teeth. You know, it's stupid. Do you, do you have any hope that this uh, health, health insurance situation is going to get straightened out? I don't. Yeah, I think it's going to implode. Really? I think the whole thing's going to implode. How, how soon? Uh, next couple of years. So what I think they're they're going to do their damnedest to make to demonize the uh, companies and say you know it's here this is what happens when when the when you just let companies uh, do what they want to do and treat who they want to treat and, and and we're going to come in the government's going to take care of you so trust us and people go okay yeah well that okay that I'm going to push you in because I'm going to get free stuff is that what they sound like that's what they sound like <laughs> well the problem is if you look at the health and insurance business it's huge. Sorry, huge. Huge. It's one of the largest ones in the country. There is no way any politician wants to be one of the ones who puts that those people out of business. There's no way. So there will always be private insurance companies. Again, I've said this many times. I'll say it again. Capitalism fixes everything because capitalism is like water. It finds a way. And so let me give you a great example. The main care people use in healthcare is primary care. So your general doctor. Right. You have a cough or something like that. You go it's as much as people use the story like, well this person had cancer and they went bankrupt because of it. Yeah, that happens. But the main thing people get covered 
is general care. Or by the way, do you know what Medicare pays the most for? Two-thirds of it is the last six months of people's lives. Which is a deceptive statistic because, of course, that's when you're going to be getting the most health care. But, you know, nobody wants to say, okay, let grandma die. Um, So... General practitioners, there's a there's a group of them that started this down in in uh, general practitioners or family docs. That's what primary care is. Down in Kansas, started this Lawrence Lawrence Kansas started this thing where it's a it's sort of a fee you pay every month to them. You pay, I think it's fifty bucks a person plus twenty five dollars worth of uh, of um, catastrophic coverage and. It's for a family, it's like 150 bucks a month. Okay. So you pay that every month. They don't take insurance and you, um, they have a whole price list. You want an EKG? It's $150. You want an MRI? It's 75 bucks. It's, I don't know if those are the actual numbers, but, but it's, that's the it's thing. out in front. Where They've you can, got a yeah. list. They have a fucking menu. Yeah, so if the doctor says, I recommend this, recommend that, you know exactly what you're getting into. On top of that, Okay, this, uh, I wish I could remember this doctor's name. I just saw this interview with him, but uh, he said, um, yeah, if I have somebody call me and say, hey, I got this rash, he goes, send me a picture. So I send him a picture and he'll go, eh, that's something I should look at. Or no, you don't need to get some cortisone cream, put that on and be fine. He goes, that costs me nothing. It costs them nothing. Goes, but that doesn't work for traditional practices because they need a certain amount of people going through there. He goes, if you don't see 40 patients a day, you're not making money. He goes, I can see as many patients as I want or as many patients as I don't want to see. He goes, I know exactly how much I'm going to make every month because they're paying me, right? They're paying the revenue stream he gets is the amount of, you know, uh, membership basically you have in his thing. So he is now, instead of a guy who wants to hustle you in, hustle you out so he can get a certain amount of numbers so the insurance company can, can pay him the meager pittance he gets after they work it all through their system, he now can say, yeah, sure, these are my customers, you know, and I'm going to treat my customers the way I would treat a customer, not you're another number I got to slam through that. Well- I mean, you're saying he knows exactly how much he makes a month or whatever, but isn't, I mean, that, in, I don't know what it's that, what that fee he's getting paid is not just it. I mean, isn't, if somebody comes in and they've got a cough that turns out to be something major, I mean, they're going to end up paying more right. for that. And so he's, he's get got more. He's got a thousand people in his practice or whatever. Let's just say he's got a thousand patients. Makes it easy to, and um, he's making, uh, off of that $10,000 a month, right? He knows every month he's going to have $10,000. Yeah. If you come in and say, I need an EKG, and he goes, what's well, $125? He goes, now I know that I do so many EKGs. Every time I do a procedure, just like any time you sell anything, you know what it costs you to sell it, you know what your margins are, you know what you're going to get on it. But he said one of the big savings he's got is in his previous practice, he had to pay two people 50000 bucks a year each just to handle the paperwork for government insurance. Yeesh. He doesn't have that number anymore. He goes, sure, those two people are out of a job and that sucks for them. He goes, but now everybody gets lower health care. He's the same doctor 
giving the same amount of care. He goes, if a patient comes in, I don't have to be like, I got 12 minutes with this patient. I got to be on to the next one. If you come in, he looks at your rash and goes, yeah, you're fine. Here, put this on it. Five minutes and you're out. If you come in with your kid who's got whooping cough and he wants to spend a half an hour with him, he can. So the reason this model doesn't work then is government government interference. No, it is working. That model works for him. It's actually well, why wouldn't done. they just use that that model? And go, oh, it works, and well, then well, spread it out government. Here's the really uh, interesting nationwide. Thing. Here's the really interesting thing, though, right? There are some people in federal government, Congress and Senate, all on the left, who are saying, "Yeah, we have to get rid of cash payments for health coverage. It shouldn't be allowed." You well, know? that that's just them wanting to be in control of it, then. Right. Yeah. They want their cut out of it. Mm -hmm. And this is why I I know people hate Trump and all of that. Again, I'm not sure I like the guy. But the idea that we've got MAGA. conservative justices on there now who are gonna say, Look, you can't you can't just get you can't interject yourself into this. And I know you and I, both on this podcast and outside of this podcast, have gone on around and around about whether Roberts is good or bad. Again, another thing about his decision on the ACA when he said, hey, admit it's a tax and it's not the Commerce Clause. You know, you can't use the Commerce Clause, which they wanted to use to say, no, 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 we can regulate. He said, nope, it's outside the Commerce Clause. You got to call it a tax. They said, fine. That's precedent now. They cannot come back and say, well, we want to do this. And the court will say, how can you compel people to buy stuff? They'll say, well, we did it before. And he goes, no, no, that was a tax. You taxed people. This is, we, we said that was outside of commerce. That's a legal decision. And there we are. And I just, I think that was, that's going to matter more going forward. And again, I know I said it last time, I don't want Ruth Bader Ginsburg to die, but I want her to retire in the next two years. So we can get a fucking conservative justice in there because I'm starting to think Trump's not going to get reelected. Hmm. You know why? This is the part where I say I'm nervous about him. Did you see him with, uh, not the Jim Acosta thing. He was getting on Marine One the other day, and some woman yep. asked him a question. you see what he said? Uh, yeah. He goes, this part I was okay with. He goes, that was a dumb question. He goes, don't ask me that question. It was about, you know, are you concerned about what the new guy, Whitaker, I couldn't get the name last time, is going to do about the Mueller investigation. Right. But then he goes on and says, I watch you all the time, and, you know, you're a terrible reporter. Shut up. Stop saying that. We don't need to have that yeah, stuff. That, uh, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, but I know. I think that's hurting him more than anything. And I'm worried that people are starting to go, this fucking guy is starting to bug me. Where it used to be, this fucking guy. Now it's more like, this fucking guy. Well, so, anyway, all right. You want to talk well, we about move, some wait, other wait, wait, stuff. Wait, wait, but we want to move on to table topics here. Yeah, but you want to you want to talk about a couple other things I, I can't wait to get to. But all all right. Right. I'll do a table topic here. Okay. First one, Crow, why are you so angry, bro? <laughs> I just about spit out my Modelo Chilada when you did that. Yeah, why are you so angry, bro? Because I'm drinking spicy uh, Modelo Chiladas. Uh, if you could compete in any Olympic event, which would it be? Um, probably women's gymnastics. <laughs> All right. Is that because you self-identify as a... As a black lesbian, All yes. Right. Okay. And my disability would get me sympathy points with the judges, probably. My really? my dual 
uh, disabilities, mental and physical. Could you stick the landing? Mm, it wouldn't have to, I don't think. Really? No, I don't think so. I don't even think I'd have to even do the routine to get uh, to get the high high scores. I think I would want to pick something that I can only marginally do, you know. And I'm not I'm not saying like I could do, like Eddie the Eagle when he did his uh, his ski jumping thing. He wasn't very good, but he was good enough to at least do it. And because Britain didn't have anybody um, in it before, or England didn't have anything in it before. Uh, he automatically went, but he was, it was like the Jamaican bobsledding. Yeah, I was just about to say you're going to do bobsledding. Because right? you're not going to win, <laughs> so just just be a celebrity. And that's why I would do the, the women's gymnastics. Okay. All right. How about the, where's the next one? Crow, you still angry, bro. <laughs> uh, why for? What moment changed the way you look at life? What moment? change the way I look at life. Yes. I don't think it was just one moment. I think it was a Give many, us a couple. many moments. Uh, 9-11, probably. Really? Yeah. Changed my whole political outlook. I mean, I wasn't even very political before that. Were you a lefty before that? I don't believe I was. I think I always had a uh, conservative streak that I just didn't really... Well, you know, no, I was kind of a dickhole. I, I, uh, a dickhole? Yeah, I... Uh, I was one of those, you know, when you're 19, 20, whatever years old. Were you, you, think were you, you know, an ass prick too? Or? Yes. You think you know it all and that everybody else is at, idiots and that kind of shit. I just, so I, I probably would have been just like any other 20 something year old nowadays, fucking idiots. So generally speaking, not all of them are. But yeah, 9 11 kind of made me understand that there's things bigger than me. And um, the importance of politics and the nation, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was a big thing. Uh, for me, it's definitely having kids. I mean, you realize that your your life about you is over. And I think about this now. I spend spend weekends doing Boy Scout stuff and school volunteer stuff. And I, I sit there on the couch at, on Sunday night and go, you know, sit down to watch like The Walking Dead or something and go, I didn't do a damn thing all weekend that I wanted to do. I did stuff that the kids wanted to do. At the same time, it's it's real fulfilling seeing your kids do stuff and do well in it. And so yeah, and the one thing that that taught me was I remember my mom always saying when I was a kid, "You will never know how much we love you until you have kids," and that that's exactly what happened. You know. Hmm. So yeah, that I mean that changed. And I probably I probably changed my, my kids. Yeah, you probably would. There's days I feel like that. I mean, there's there's days I'll say to him, I go, I always love you, but right now I don't like you very much. <laughs> They've heard that a few times. Mm-hmm. Yes, that makes me a terrible person. Of course it does. Yeah, exactly. My kids should always feel like they're uh, special and that, uh, you know, they're precious little creatures. I always tell them, to me, you mean everything. To everybody else, you probably don't mean much. The world so, is their oyster. Rooster. Yeah. You know, you can get really sick from eating oysters. <laughs> and I dig them. I haven't gotten sick off them yet. Oh, well. I slurp them right down off the half shell. Get that, uh, get that day-old sushi and try that. I've probably done that, too. <laughs> All right. Day-old roadside sushi. Ooh. All right. So you want to talk about, I had not heard about this. I thought when you told me you wanted to do this, I thought you were punking me. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? Yeah. It's a Netflix uh, uh, series. And uh, it's... It's like, what do you call it? It's not a spinoff directly, but it's related to um, um, 
Riverdale. Riverdale, which Yet is another show based seen. on Archie comics. Okay. With uh, Betty and Veronica and Archie and Jughead and all them. Just a quick aside, there's a band that plays in this local area that used to be called Betty Does Veronica, and they got all sorts of shit for that. Okay. Like, they got protested by lesbian hmm. groups and stuff, so now it's just Betty Does. Same as the band. Great. Like, you cucked out. Sheesh. Oh, maybe she was just uh, self-identifying as Veronica. Maybe Betty and Veronica had a falling out. Well, maybe she was drag queening as Veronica. Maybe Betty was a dude drag queening as Veronica. That was hateful of them to protest, to be I honest I think it's with hateful it. of you to point it out. Yeah. Um, so, okay, back to the... So, Riverdale's is Sabrina. Big, no, Riverdale is the show that this uh, Chilling Adventure of Sabrina is a spinoff of, I guess. Because um, the comic books are. The Archie comics, Sabrina the Teenage Witch was a spinoff of the Archie comics. And also there was a series on TV, I don't know how many years ago this was, that Melissa Joan Hart starred in called yeah. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And yep. it was, you know, this dumb, goofy, family-friendly crap. Talking cat. Yeah, you know, yep. So Netflix redid uh, Riverdale and made it this, you know, angsty uh, crime drama for teens kind of thing where it starts out with a murder and it's all got all kinds of pretty people with their with their uh you know strife and uh, inner relationships and all that kind of shit whatever and so the teenage kids are into it i think because i know my uh my niece is very much into it so she watches it i think her parent her father knows she watches it her mother might watch it with her as far as i know so we were out the other day talking about she she got a patch an iron on patch to put on her jacket on a jacket for Riverdale and I'm like oh you know there's a a new Netflix show called Chilling Adventures of Sabrina that's a spinoff of uh, Riverdale have you seen it she's like no I haven't seen it I'm like okay so much. but she has seen Riverdale right okay and she's very much into it so I decided you know I'm gonna check this out so I go fire up the Netflix and start watching it. I didn't even get fucking halfway through the first episode before I was disgusted by what, by, by what I was seeing. It was, it was pretty de- degenerate shit. Do tell. Um, there's, there's a shit low. Okay. So there's like this, the there she's half, witch, half mortal. I guess witches are like almost like a different species in this show. Okay. So she has this sweet 16 or this 16th birthday coming up where she has to choose to be, you know, to be a full on witch and, you know, um, get away from the mortal life altogether and kind of disassociate with all, with all of her friends and her boyfriend and, you know, take on the life of an immortal witch or whatever. And she lives with her two aunts and they're these quirky, fun aunt types, right? But they're the kind. They're, what they do is they just kind of nonchalantly, instead of saying uh, "thank God" for things or whatever, they say "praise Satan." What? Yeah, just offhand. You'll you'll hear it every so often. You're like, "Oh, praise Satan," and it's not like meant to be funny or weird or quirky. It's just, "Oh, they're witches and they, they praise Satan instead of thanking God," and but they're quirky and fun aunts, so it's like cool, right? Quirky, cool. And I was like, "Well, that's weird." And they go, uh, "Okay." Um, are they really are they really big gals? Because then they could be Wiccans. One is, and one's not. And the problem I'm having, other than that, is okay. It's it's got all this religious imagery, so it's got upside down crosses all over. Uh, it's it's no, got really pentagrams. Uh, it's got actual satanic uh, visuals throughout the whole thing. 
Um, there's representations of Satan. Actually, you even actually see Satan. You see the old goat Satan with the hooves and all that shit. But they're treating this as if it's like, oh, she's a witch. She's got powers, and it's kind of cool. And she's gonna she's gonna sign over her her she's gonna sign her name in the book, and it's Satan's book basically. I can't remember the Beast's book or some shit like that. And she's not sure she wants to because she doesn't want to give up her life with her friends at school and her boyfriend, and you know they don't know anything about it. And but okay, so there's that side that's it's extremely kind of nonchalant about its promotion of of satanism it's not just like this weird kind of weird black magic that's not really tied to a religion it's like a lovecraft it is tied to satanism to satan and for those who don't know this is coming from you who's not exactly like i'm not religious no yeah not like i mean you're somewhere between atheism and agnosticism yeah i mean I, i like to believe there's a higher power but i'm so skeptical that i can't really say i do one yeah. of those things so it but it, it just it makes me mad to know that this is kind of geared towards young people that you know like my brother's family they they're you know our kid let's say you got your your child going to a catholic school and they're watching this without you knowing and in your if you think it's just like the old melissa joan hart show you know i wouldn't worry about a catholic school because the nuns have beat it out of them right but then you go from that, then you go to the school side, the mortal side, which is chock full of SJW bullshit, like full of it. Actually, at one point, her uh, and, and the the girl who plays the Sabrina is wooden, is a terrible actress, and she's passably good looking, passably, but not like anything stunning or anything to make up for the lack that she that she just has no personality. Uh, yeah. How dare I? I can't believe. How dare I? So um, you've just uh, have you othered her? Is so that, there, uh, so is there's that what she did? one point where her black okay she's got a uh, lesbian friend who looks like kind of like a little boy, like you know boyish looking, who's getting picked on by the jocks because she's non-gender uh, conforming, and, uh, and then she's got the, the you know the black friend girl with the big hair. And then, but her her boyfriend's white. So there's a scene where they where there's they're upset because the the lesbian got um, picked on by the jocks, and she she fought. She got mad at them, so she fought back and got beat up by the jocks. And what's funny is it's it's four jocks in particular, and they wear their letter jackets, and they're they're very white guys. Three of them are very white guys. There's one black guy. But he's the one that's kind of like, I don't, I'm not really into this beating up the lesbians and being an asshole. It's just the three white guys who are. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's the soulful black friend that's not quite on board because, you know, he's black. So he can't be an evil white man. Right. Um, so this this black friend is having lunch outside with Sabrina and Sabrina's boyfriend. And she actually says that they, uh, she the black friend uh, smugly suggests that they start a club to topple the white patriarchy. While the cuck boyfriend sits there and eats a sandwich and goes, wait, what? And then just finishes his sandwich. And then Sabrina goes, mm-hmm, yeah, that's what we should do. And so they come up with a club for all the girls. And it's called Wiccan. And it's something about women, intersectional, blah, 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 bullshit, fucking SJW crap as part of it. So you've got half the show that is buzzword-laden fucking SJW bullshit. And then the other half that is blatant satan promotion <laughs> it's just like what the fuck is going on here now i know there's gonna people pe- people are gonna be saying well you'd only watched half half an episode and no i continued hate watching <laughs> okay and uh there was uh, it, part of it is that well they're saying that she 
she's not wanting to sign the book because it is there is evil and you know and so they have the a, a man a warlock who's in charge of uh, of part of the coven that's explaining why she's doing this at 16 and it's because and she goes well i'm not a bad person he goes no neither is satan satan's actually all he's about is free will and do you want free will free will I and mean, you don't have free will with anything but satan blah blah so at, you're gonna uh, oh boy so, okay, I get it. So what if they prove that this guy's full of shit and he's a bad guy? Well, they kind of get to that point because she doesn't sign the book. She gets there. She goes, I don't want to do this. It's all a lie. Um, but regardless, they're still witches. All the witches she knows, all the people involved have signed the book, have uh, decided to, you know, whatever, uh, sign over their, their their allegiance to Satan. And but But still, a lot of them are good. You know, they're still good, good people and know good witchcraft and good powers and it's worth doing and it's just it, it if i had a, a kid watching this I, well i mean within the first 20 minutes i had to shut it off there's also a scene where um where the jocks get their comeuppance and they get basically sexually assaulted by sabrina and three of her witch friends so how does that work what happens is they take the the jocks and they show up and they're like you know coming on to them like outside of a bar uh a liquor store or something and they're like yeah we want to party with you why don't you come with us and get some beer and come party with us so sabrina and her three bitchy witch friends um take them to a cave and then you know the the the, well, the one black guy he's not so sure this is a good idea because you know he's not white he knows better you know deep down he's not an evil white man so he he, he knows there's something going on here right but he follows along anyway because you know the three guys are kind of you know they're in charge the three white guys wait so the guy who really knows how racist is that the guy who really knows that they shouldn't be doing this follows along. They basically just painted him as a really weak guy. Yeah, well, well, that's kind of how... I'm not going to get into a tangent here. but So yeah. they take him in this cave and uh, they tell the guys to you know drop their pants while, while Sabrina and all the witches basically strip down to their negligee. Um, and little sexy outfits. And then the guys drop their pants or whatever. And then... Um, the three witches and Sabrina basically jump on these guys, wrap their legs around the guy's waists, and start going to town on them. Right? Um, then they kind of cut away and they show, oh shit, these three witch, these four witches, including Sabrina, are have done some sort of spell so that it's not them that are making out with these guys; it's something else. It's like a vision or, or um, doppelgangers or some shit. And then she has a camera. She takes a picture, and as she takes a picture you realize that that's not even really what's happening. They've, they've mind-fucked these guys into thinking that they're making out with chicks, and it ends up two of the guys are on are with their legs wrapped around the waist of two of the other guys. So they're making out with each other. And, uh, and so this is she takes a picture with a Polaroid. And, oh, now, we, you know, now you know what it's like, and we got this to, to, to basically blackmail you if you pick so on our lesbian. So they shame them by calling them gay? Yeah. Yeah, and then they're gonna blackmail him with that for for picking on their lesbian friend. But that wasn't enough. So the the three witches that are that are the mean witches, they decide they're gonna do a little bit more, and they turn the lights down, and then they turn into little monster faces, and then they just attack the guy, so sexually assault him basically. I mean, they don't go into it and show it, but that's what they did. And it's like, what what values? What what is this doing? What what where are we getting to? And I, I watched maybe four episodes, and then I kind of skimmed through some, just like fast forward to see what I could find. And there was a pretty hard and heavy uh, gay sex scene in there, so you know, at least there's that progressiveness, right? That 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 uh, where you know the the 
gay guy shows up at another gay guy's place and they just go on full full hardcore without even knowing each other and start having gay sex. Um, you know, they they just met basically. So because you know, apparently that's how the gay guys. Yeah, are. and you know that's that that's that's real safe and that, that makes real sense. You know, that's you know, that's not how AIDS is spread or anything. Well, whatever, it's cool. And These guys are cool. And we're all supposed to know that that's how gay people do it. No, yeah, that's, but that's the thing. It's like, what message is it teaching anybody? I mean, I'm if you're even promoting, and you're saying there's nothing wrong with being gay, uh, which I don't think there's anything wrong with being gay personally either. But this this is promoting like, hey, you just met a guy. And it's okay. It's cool. He's he's cute, and you're gay, and you just meet a guy, and he's like he's hitting on you, hitting on him, and you get together, and fuck, just fuck him. That's all. That's it's gonna be cool. No, there's consequences to shit. Yeah, well, it's no different than just like random one night stands. Yeah. So I'm I'm I was disgusted. I mean, I, I'm obviously getting to be an old man. Yeah. And I when I was younger, it would I would have been like whatever. And I watch shows that have elements that are you know considered risk risque or progressive even and i watch them and i enjoy them but they're not they're not marketed towards teenagers and young people that's the difference yeah and that's what pisses me off about this well i mean it's just i watch the magicians which is a a show it's basically an adult version of harry potter yeah um and it's i'm I'm sure there's teenagers that watch it obviously but it I've never had got the impression that it was marketed towards teenagers. And this one is. And this seems to me like it is. Yeah, I, I've i thought about that. I heard some woman talking about, um, yeah, I can't remember where it was, but it's on TV or, or um, YouTube or something, talking about the effect that pornography is having on kids now. You know, I mean... When we were growing up, it was Penthouse Magazines and Playboy and stuff like that. And somebody had a random VHS tape once in a while that you could watch or something. But now kids can find it on their phones and everything. And they said, you know, there's a there's something for everyone. So if somebody finds a clip of, you know, like really rough, demeaning sex or something, um, you know, for a man or a woman or something like that, that these kids see that might be the first examples of the stuff they're seeing sort of in real life, like actually happening, they may think, well, that's how it happens, you know? So it's okay to slap a woman around a little bit when you're... Or it can be just traumatizing to see something like that. And then it can put them off of like an actual relationship that would be healthy for a long time because of that trauma of seeing that early. Yeah, but I mean, you see this stuff where like, you know, if a guy spits on a woman or... Yeah, yeah. oh, there's all kinds of degeneracy going on. I mean, and if a woman is, if a young girl is like confused about whether or not she's gay or not i mean i think it, you can be pushed one way or the other you can be shamed into thinking well, you are or shamed into thinking you're not so. and there's a lot of stuff out there that's really just it's not i mean it's it's not healthy at any age to be watching and to have somebody to be one of their first things that they view it would be it would be either traumatizing or it would be it would it would screw them up to the point where they go well i i don't understand this but this if this is how it is this is how it is and this is how i'll, I'll act well, that's not a good thing. Yeah. But to have the Sabrina thing, now people are probably going to say, hey, the whole point of it is that being a witch and being uh, signing your name over to Satan is not good because she chooses not to. And she finds out that this guy was saying that it's all about free choice was lying. And it's not really. You're signing yourself over to Satan and you basically um, do what he says if he says it. And she didn't like that. But it doesn't go far enough as far as far as I'm concerned to say, yeah, it's all fucking bad. It's all degenerate. There's nothing good about 
uh, uh, being um, a pledging pledging your life to black magic and Satanism, right? Yeah, I just it's just weird. I, and so people are gonna say, "Oh, you're just taking it too." No, I'm not. I, I'm not the kind of guy that's gonna sit there and and go, "Well, something rubbed me the wrong way, so this is all bad." You're not watching this work in the prayer beads. No, and and just like I'll watch certain shows where they'll have like a moment that was like really like politically like irritates me because it's it's raw it like paints me as a conservative as a, as a bad guy like or all white guys are bad guys but then that's just a small part of the show and then they move on i'm like all right i'm gonna let it slide i get it but you're not really a white guy i uh, sometimes depends on how i identify uh, each, I each, each moment from moment to moment okay but so so i'm not gonna get stuck on something like that but this this right here was just like nonstop. it was just one thing after the other assault going holy shit they're really going there they're really going there they're really going there each each five fucking minutes and like i said i got halfway through and i actually i was like i they my 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 niece's parents have to know that Mm -hmm. this is not going to be something you want her to watch even with them watching with her because there's just too much here going on that's just it's not good yeah ugh so that's what we have to deal with. Well, I'll, uh, I'll take it off my Netflix uh, queue then, so I won't watch it. Yeah. Well, I'm done hate-watching it, by the way. <laughs> okay. Uh, we good for time, or do you want to... We're. I think we're good. I think we'll wrap it up here. Okay. Well, we have an interesting subject for the next one. Yeah. So if you want to get uh, in contact with us, it's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com, or we have a Facebook page. Bread and Circuses podcast. Yay. Look us up. Go on there and hate spew or troll us or whatever. So Yeah, hate visit our page. Yeah, hate visit the page. <laughs> All so, right. It's brand new, so uh, check it out. See you, bye. Bye.